Are you stuck in old ways of thinking and unable to connect to your audience? This week, I discuss how dictators are definitely not winners, especially when it comes to changing people's minds. And I uncover five tips to become a better leader. I'm Kari Watt. I'm a communication specialist, speaker and writer. And I'm here to be your digital coach, where I give you guidance on how to communicate better in your career and relationships or on anything you want to ask me. Because communication is my thing, I want to see you become a better communicator, no matter where you are in the world, how old you are, or what you do for a living. Now, if you're new to my podcast, please subscribe to encourage that I'm actually making a positive influence. And if you're not new and haven't subscribed, come on now, what are you doing? Can you help a girl out? When we speak with others, the style of conversation we have, the way we talk with each other can vary significantly, especially when we look to change people's minds about something, or even when we want to change our own minds. The types of conversation also depends on the type of relationships that range from low to high respect and low to high openness or frankness. There are five different ways to have a conversation. First of all, there's dictate, where one person tells you what to do. Then there's debate, where both people argue and feel like they're right. Then there's the discussion, which can be an open conversation, or a deliberation, which is a joint decision-making. And lastly, there's the dialogue, where each person explores the other person's opinion. Now, different types of conversation can have different goals and assumptions about such aspects as relationships, power and status. When a powerful person has the goal of getting something done quickly, they may well dictate. Or if people are of similar power and want to win an argument, they may resort to a debate. A team may have a more collaborative, informal purpose and they will likely openly discuss their questions and their opinions. When decisions are to be made, a deliberation may be used, either by one powerful party or as a collaborative exercise. And when we want to get to know each other better as equals, then that's where a dialogue is a powerful way to do this. Now, dictating is not talking, not in the sense of a good conversation. When we dictate, we talk without listening. Dictation assumes the dictator is the sole arbitrator of truth and that others are not permitted to disagree or refuse, typically on pain of punishment of some form. For example, if you're a parent speaking to a child, you might say something like this. I want you to clean up this mess. I'll be watching you, so you'd better make sure you do it well. Or at work, you could have a manager that says something like this. It's quite obvious that our products aren't selling well enough. I expect a revised sales and marketing plan before 12 o'clock tomorrow. Can you see how dictating is easy? When you don't have to consider the views of others, you can say what you like. If others make inconvenient assertions, you can just tell them they're wrong. Now, we're all guilty of being dictators from time to time, and most of us will accept a request or assertion if it seems reasonable enough. The only time where dictating is harsh is when we want to respond but feel unable to do so. This can also be seen as a form of bullying. Now, dictating is popular among the powerful and, interestingly enough, the unintelligent. Those in power tell more than they sell. It's partly a demonstration of power as a way of avoiding long conversations in their busy schedules. 
those with limited ability to reason or persuade more subtly may resort to dictating. Dictating may use expressions of desires or perhaps make requests rather than direct demands. Through this underlying dynamic, the other person still doesn't have a choice. For example, in an everyday request such as asking to pass a salt, you might say, pass a salt please. Even though it's phrased as a question, the other person feels strongly obliged to comply. The value and limitation of dictating is that it gains compliance. However, it may not change minds. If you want people to just do something now, you can deliberately appear dominant or otherwise ensure they understand your power as you demand that they do as you say. If you dictate, you also face the risk that the other person will react in a negative way and they will naturally feel controlled. If you continue dictating, you'll need to be able to respond to this. On the Kari Cares Podcast. Now faced with a revolution, dictators typically don't hesitate to either escalate their threats or act in ways that hurt those that oppose them. In the everyday world, this includes managers who sack you and parents who send their children to bed without supper. If you want people to really think differently, you need a more subtle and powerful method of persuasion. Changing minds needs a deeper ability. However, dictating is accepted in certain situations, such as an emergency or in a presentation where you have an expert presenter that speaks and the audience just listens and accepts. Now, this principle may be used in conversations where one person takes a stage and speaks like an expert without expectation of interruption or question. Again, if the person is accepted as an expert, that's when they'll be accepted without challenge. Now tune in next week where I discuss the one step removed from dictation, which is debating. The only time I like to dictate is in my MacBook Pro. It saves me a lot of time typing and she doesn't even mind. Here are a few tips to help stop dictating to be a better leader. Number one, stop micromanaging. Do you want to know why? Because it stifles creativity. If you love your team, set them free. Micromanaging is a natural response to fear. Number two, hire people that scare you and get out of the way. A players hire A players. They don't need to micromanage them. They don't need to stand over them. B players hire C players. Now great talent craves autonomy. Number three, just enough process can kill creativity, but lack of process can too and more often does. So develop organizational habits such as task management systems, processes, how your division communicates or how do people know how to communicate with your division. Remember, just enough process unlocks creativity. Number four, let your team lead the conversation. You can be present to answer questions or respond to challenges, but each week, let a volunteer leader control the meeting. I'm working in corporate at the moment and we have a team leader who actually does this. She lets us run the meetings. We get so much more done and she just oversees things if there are a few challenges. Number five, be uncompromising when it matters, but be compromising when it doesn't. You will only win the quality versus quantity war by picking your battles. 
Now, if these ideas make your heart race, I get it. Letting go of control and allowing room for failure can be really scary. But here's the thing. You can keep your this tight if you want to watch your community die. A slow and painful death. Or you can take a risk. Taking the risk can pay huge dividends and gives you a more compassionate organization filled with fiercely loyal members. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe for some good vibes and because it's free. Give this away. Share it with friends or colleagues who could use a little help. Give it to them because they can listen to it privately and it may significantly change the outcome of their lives. See you next time because communication is my thing and now it's your thing. Well, I hope it's your thing. I hope it becomes your thing. Is it your thing? On the Kari Cares Podcast.